Welcome to the Red Door Church Sermon Podcast. Red Door Church is a church seeking to transform the city of Pretoria by the power of the gospel. We are distinctly mission-minded, community-cultivating, and city-loving. Please enjoy this week's sermon, and don't forget to follow and continue the conversation by sharing with those around you. family and friends and welcome to our digital gathering it is so great that we can still feel connected by just watching a sermon together so please do enjoy the message that's to follow see you soon happy new year everyone from myself Christisadi and my family and the Red Hill Church family we just want to bless you and want to wish you a happy 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 new year now, may this year, 2023, 2022 is in the past, 2023 is in the present, it's in the future, and it's here. And may we as a family become closer to one another, maybe grow in our relationship this year with, with God and with each other as we become more mission-minded, more city-loving, more community-cultivating. And I just... I just love New Year's. New Year's is like one of my favorite times of the year because people are so optimistic. People are so encouraged. They are, they're like go-getters. Like <laughs> they want to press a reset button, forget the past and try some new things in the future. You can have someone who's like extremely tired from having like a, a long year and um on the 31st of December, be like, oh my gosh, it's such a long year. And then all of a sudden, the 1st of January, they're like super excited and, and, and looking forward to the next year. And the thing is, like this balloon next to me, things don't always turn out the way that we want to. You know, the ideal would have been that this was a helium balloon. And it was automatically floating here as background, as um, decor. But I couldn't find anything. I had to go buy one and blow it up myself. And now I'm holding it. Like, just holding it by myself. It's not floating by itself. So that's kind of like a segue into what this sermon is going to be about. What this talk is going to be about. This queenly wisdom for the new year. I want us to look at the book of Esther and look at three things that I've learned from Esther, which is things don't always turn out the way you want. And when that happens, God is actually moving behind the scenes, providentially um, working in order to bring about his purposes. And we, even though we don't have all the information, we don't always know what's happening, have to turn to God and trust in him with the outcome. So let me read Esther 4, 12 to 17. I'll read from the ESV. And then we'll dive into some of those lessons for the new year. And they told Mordecai, who is the uncle of Queen Esther, what Esther, the queen, had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. He said, do not think to yourself that in the king's palace, you will escape any more than all of the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. 
And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply this to Mordecai. Go, gather all the Jews that uh, are found in Susa. That was the capital city of Persia. And hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast, as you do. Then I will go to the king. Though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went and did as Esther told him. Now, if you don't know anything about the book of Esther, I would really encourage you to make it a new resolution to go read it or listen to it on audiobook or go watch the One Night with the King, even though they take some artistic license. Still an amazing story, amazing movie. Really loved it. Really gives you an image of the the context of the time, of, of what it was like to be in Persia. And the story is so intriguing and so dramatic that you'd be like, wow, how does this even... It's like stuff that you can't even think up. Like, this is what happens when God is the storyteller uh, and His story happens and unfolds. And those are the best stories. So we, we found... In the story, we find Hadassah, which is the girl's Jewish name, a Jewish girl who gets told by her uncle Mordecai who, to rather use the, her uh, Persian name, Esther. And she enters into this Britain's Got Talent, America's Got Talent, Essay Got Talent kind of talent show. And she wins and she becomes the queen you can't even make that stuff up so she becomes the queen because the king who seems to be very erratic and impressionable he got rid of his previous queen and now he needed a new queen so they had this competition and Esther won and the thing is the king doesn't know she's a Jew and round about the same time he and some of his most loyal followers Haman or Haman they institute a policy or decree that all the Jews in the entire empire should be annihilated on a specific day. Now, this is probably where Hollywood got the idea for the movie The Purge. You know, so what basically happens is you, you have a whole kingdom who is allowed to legally for one day turn on the Jews, kill them and steal all their property. Legally, without being prosecuted. So he turned the whole kingdom on a small minority group. That is just, it's just evil. It's just a horrible situation. And that's why the Jews are, 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 are mourning and wailing and tearing their clothes and throwing ashes on their head. And when the queen finds out that her uncle is, is acting in this way, she doesn't know why. And he then tells her, like, listen, all the Jews are going to be annihilated. You're going to be the only one left. But who knows? Maybe this, in God's providence, in His sovereignty... He allowed you to become the queen at this time, for such a time as this, for you to step up and stand up and, and do something you probably would have never thought. But now you can because you're in that position of privilege and power. 
she initially says, you know, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm not allowed. Like, I don't want to die. Like, you know, it's illegal to just enter into the king's presence without being called. And then, you know, it's weird that it's her husband and she hasn't seen him for more than a month. But even she cannot just enter into his presence. And she's like, I, I could die for this. And then Mordecai gets the message. He then returns and says, I don't think you understand how dire the situation is. We are all going to be killed. Like all of us in the whole empire. Like, and don't think that you're going to be escaping because no one knows you're a Jew. It will come out. And eventually you will suffer the same fate. And if deliverance comes from somewhere, from some place, through God's providence, you won't be accounted as one of us. So you are placed in this position four times of this. And, and then she agrees and she says, if I perish, I perish. I'm going to lay down my life for at least trying to save. You know, that's such a beautiful picture of, of the gospel. Ultimately, someone laying down their life for the salvation of many. I mean, that's just the gospel. That's just Jesus written all over it. Super amazing. So the first point is things don't always turn out the way we would prefer. I can almost promise you that Esther, when it was New Year's celebrations, didn't write down in her journal, my resolution this year is to get put in a situation, a scenario where I will probably lose my life and be put in a situation where I have to risk my life for the salvation of others. That's not exactly a, a resolution that people choose. So things didn't really turn out the way she would have preferred. She's got a lot of power, a lot of comfort, a lot of influence. But if it was up to her, she probably would have just enjoyed living in the luxury that she was enjoying. You might find yourself in 2023 in a situation that just totally catches you off guard. Um, Life-threatening diagnosis, death in the family, um, losing a job, starting a new job, moving a house, spraining your ankle, being on crutches for who knows how long, six weeks. Certain things just are... Because life is broken and we're living in this broken, sinful system, tainted by sin and death and suffering and Satan, the only predictable thing that we know is that life is unpredictable because we're living in that environment. So as a result of that, knowing that things probably won't turn out the way that we would have preferred, We need to know and trust and believe that God is actually using those circumstances to allow His purposes to come about in our lives for His glory and for our good. So in this circumstance, point number two, God is ever present even when it doesn't feel like it. We see just so many situations that seem like coincidental but as you read it, please go read the book of Esther. You see so many coincidences, which when you zoom out, you're like, that just wasn't coincidence. It was God incidences. Just God was working in ways behind the scenes to bring about his purposes, even though it seemed like the situation seemed dire. Um, it's kind of like a puzzle. 
uh, someone explained it to me once was you know on the front of the box of a puzzle you usually get the picture of what the puzzle is supposed to look like but if you never saw that picture and you just pick up like a piece it might just be a blue piece and you're like okay this is blue I don't understand what is this meanwhile it's actually a house at the beach and the blue part is the sky on the top of the puzzle you know so we can't see because we have limited information but God knows the story God knows the whole picture the broader picture and he's using these circumstances in our lives to bring about his purposes I mean what are the odds like let's just be honest now what are the odds that a little a Jewish girl wins a competition to become the queen right about the same time that a policy or decree is instituted to kill all the Jews I mean God literally put her in a situation where she can do something about it with his strength and his power but ultimately what are the odds that he was there you know that she was there like Esther we won't always know or understand why certain things happen in our lives but what we do know is that God is there with us and he is seeing the bigger picture and he um, it might take years might take months weeks years decades before we actually find out oh I can see why that happened um, I can see why God allowed that to happen I can see how God was molding me and shaping me to become more like Christ you know in, in Matthew 28 where Jesus says I will be with you we have the encouragement that a loving father uh, uh, a spirit is indwelling us and, and giving us that comfort that he loves us he cares for us he's for us and he's with us even though it seems like we can't foresee what's going to happen and we put in a place in a situation that we just could have never seen coming so the final point how did she act what did she do well she she prayed and she fasted i think that communicates dependence on god humility that you clearly like I mean, she couldn't do anything about it. She, it was out of her control. Like there's a lot of things in our own lives where we just feel like I'm powerless. I can't do anything. Um, so what did she do? She, she prayed. She fasted. She brought the whole community of God's people together. They prayed and they fasted. And, and that kind of communicates dependence, humility. And they probably knew what needed to be done. She had to go to the king. She had to communicate uh, this information about the, this un, like evil decree. But I think in praying and fasting, they kind of like saw if there's perhaps another way. Is this the wisest thing to do? Uh, isn't, isn't there something else we can do that can get the same result? Um, another thing is just as we pray, we become more in tune with God's will. As we pray, we become more understanding of, of, of what needs to be done. And we also feel more at peace knowing that God will give us the power to do this. Like this is not something she could have done in her own power. She needed to turn to God for strength and for encouragement, to, for courage to put into her encouragement to go in front of the king. Must have taken so much courage. So she does that. And, and have to just trust God with the outcome. And, and I think 
opposite of that is is kind of like the danger of resolutions, uh, making new resolutions. A lot of it, the premise behind it is that we want to change things. We want to turn things around. We want to transition and through our own determination and grit, we are going to change our lives and make it better than it was the year before. But that at the heart of it is not actually gospel. That's morality. That's doing things in your own strength. That's depending on your own power and ability. But the thing is, when we are thrown in a situation we just never saw coming, like we don't always have the energy and the strength and the know-how and the wisdom to do that. And even making these resolutions, I think, is actually reminding us that, hey, we can do this. We need to just work harder. If it doesn't work this year, we'll try again next year. We'll work harder, work harder, do more, do more, try harder, try harder. And that's not the message I want us to leave with. I don't want, want us to leave with like, try harder. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that we are changed ever more into the likeness of Christ through His power that He provides for us. We need to turn to God, pray to God, fast to God, acknowledge in humility that we cannot do anything in our own strength. We need God to intervene. And we see this so clearly in society. You know, everyone makes resolutions, but according to Forbes magazine, the over 80% of people would have given up their resolutions by February. 80% of people given up their resolutions that they made on the 1st of January by February. That's only 30 days. That's not healthy. And that kind of shows us that the model of trying to do things yourself with your own strength, within your own power, that doesn't work. Morality doesn't work. Religion doesn't work. What God is calling us is a relationship of trusting and abiding in Him. Allowing Him to work in and through us. Look at what amazing, spoiler spoiler alert, God was able to use this young little girl to become queen, to step in and break a law, get pardoned by the king. Even though she was going to get killed, she still approached the king and through very shrewd circumstances, she ultimately brings um, the plot and the decree and the motivation behind it to bear and the king kind of grants the salvation of the Jews through some creative means. You'll have to go read it for yourself. But the Jews get saved. The Jews are saved as a result of her courage and bravery, which she did through the power of God and through um, the community working and praying and fasting together. That's what we need more of. There's just so many decisions that we make in our own strength, in our own power. We change jobs. We we buy properties, we buy cars, we move to different cities. We, um, yes, there's just so many decisions that are like life altering decisions that we make, and perhaps not with so much prayer and fasting, perhaps not with so much of God's people come together and speaking into it and kind of just be like, oh, well, that's. This is what everyone does. So let's just make the decision, make the call. Because ultimately we trust more in our own abilities and our own strength. But um, sometimes God does allow certain things to happen 
to remind us, listen, you're actually not that in control. You're not that powerful. You're not God. You're not all present. You're not all knowing. Um, you're not all powerful. You're a created being. You are um, son of flesh, son of dirt, you know, so, but a worm, as the psalmist says. So, I want to end this with an encouraging, uplifting um, message, and that is that God is with us. God is a loving Father who, even though things don't turn out the way it, we would prefer, He's there with us. He's moving things uh, in order to work out uh, His purposes according to His will and for our good. And we don't have to buy into the life trying hard and being better and um, just, just grind it out. We actually, like Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and, and heavy laden. Like all we have to do is submit to him and, and, and give in to him because he's the one who gives us power through the spirit. May God truly bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and, and turn his face towards you and be gracious to you and give you peace this coming year. Have a, have a happy and blessed um, new year. From Red Door Church, all the best and may God bless you. Cheers.